So just by changing your language to rather than yes, but rather than however, and still having more of a yes and moment, uh, you will change the way the brains are responding to you. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right, welcome back to the Wayfinder Show. Adam, how you doing? I'm great, man. Just had some friends visit from Colorado this past weekend, so just kind of getting back in the swing of things right now. But I'm, nice. how are you? Did it yeah. make you miss miss it here yet? No, no, not yet. Ah, I mean, it, you know, I miss some people for sure, and there's obviously a lot of things about Colorado that I miss, but I'm still loving yeah. it here. Ah, my life's mission is to get you back here, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck. Yeah, well... Yes, and we have these amazing guests today. Yeah. We have Bruce and Gail Montgomery from Experience Yes, and they uh, they have a really interesting business that we'll get into. So without further ado, welcome, Bruce hey. and Gail. That's right. The crowd goes amazingly well. They're losing their mind. People are throwing <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say something else, but it would have been inappropriate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we're a family show here, guys. Try to. Dude, the front, they're too. I don't like to forget my shoes. I don't mean so that. That's never mind. They're throwing candy. They're soft. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be fun. So if the audience hasn't guessed yet, you know, Bruce and, uh, and Gail are, they're, they're funny. <laughs> They're very really funny, and they they're really funny, like on a dime, right? They're they're into improv, right? But you have a whole business around it. That's right. So, yeah, we'll get into that. But before that, why don't we talk about uh, a little bit about how you got here? First of all, I'm I'm curious. You guys are, are husband and wife, right? How how'd you guys meet? Like how did, all, you, how did this happen? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we went to school. Uh, we went to college. We've been married. All right, this is what's going to date us a lot, right? So we've been. Hold on, here comes the scene out of the head. Because all the math he's about to do for how long we've been married. We've been married twenty eight years, <laughs> um, and we've been together for thirty three. So, so we. Um, she robbed the cradle. I was a a doughy faced freshman, oh. and uh, <laughs> she was a very highfalutin sophomore, oh. and. I'm fluid. I feel very Colorado. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we were in a show together. We couldn't stand each other. And uh, she was engaged to another person um, to be married. And yeah, that's right. And uh, and that didn't stop me. I suddenly was very interested in those mom jeans. So uh, nice. <laughs> you know, Way to go! I'm just saying, they were mom jeans. So yeah, we it's been it's crazy that it's been this long that we've been married this long, we've been together this long, and that we work together. Yeah, yeah. working together—that's something. 
Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. So your your business, so you're both clearly into improv, yeah. right? That's, yes. Yeah, and have yeah. you since the beginning of the relationship? Is that the show? Uh, no, actually, that is a great cross question. We just we about seventeen years ago we started uh, with like six or six or so other mm -hmm. folks. Um, we co-founded a, a performing improv uh, group. Um, having, you know, never really done it before we took a couple classes and suddenly it was like, this is cool yeah. and freaking crazy and hard and scary as anything. And, um, and it's never not scary. It's horrifying and wonderful and all the things. And, uh, we really loved it. Bruce actually just really fell in love with it. I was a little slower to be kind of on board with the, wow, this is, this is magic. Mm -hmm. And then. And then it became really the foundation for our business, which has been around for 10 years, just the wow. language of improv, the way that teams form and how they trust each other and communicate. And it's been pretty fantastic. I'll uh, agree with her. Look, I'm married. I know I'll do agree. Yeah, he's just nodding. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, since we kind of opened that door already, why don't we talk a little bit about your business? What, what, do, you, yeah. what do you guys do? And then maybe we can kind of backtrack and figure out how you got there. Sure. So I'll go. So we are a female-owned company. I report to the person standing next to me. Yes, she, he does. She is my yeah. CEO in life and in business. Oh, Isn't that Really sweet. Yeah. You are so well trained, Bruce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well done, Gail. And I know where my bread is buttered. That's all. Yes, you do. Uh, if you well could have this for a minute, that would be great. <laughs> so, so our business experience, yes, is is focused on leadership development and team formation and innovation. It's really those kind of those kind of things using the mechanics of um, better business relationships. So we have a, a program called Business Relationship IQ. And a component of that is the improv mindset. We wrote a book about it. Um, we've had our, we've, we've actually done some neuroscience work. We, we had our brain studied to take a look at what happens in the brain when you're improvising versus not. And there's a whole bunch of special stuff that happens. And, and, uh, as Gail mentioned, you know, I, when I took my first improv class, my brain immediately went to, why am I not doing this all the time? This is amazing. I just, I just, it was my jam as soon as I did it. So to thread that through and, and start a business on that was uh, risky and also really important having kind of the business experience that we both had to, to bring that idea into the world. Actually, I think it's kind of cool because, you know, we're very different in our approach within business. Bruce is super data-driven and analytical and I'm very, you know, into soft skills and fluffy things, um, not just stuffed animals. And, uh, you know, and our tagline really is about turning soft skills into hard results in businesses because it's incredible how much of those refined skills like communication, emotional intelligence, empathy uh, are missing in business and how we think we can't teach it. We think people are born with it or not. And truly, based on the work we've done, the research we've done in the in the brain, the, the neuroscience um, we've been involved in, it's it's not the case. You can be taught and be more empathic and and have better soft skills, flexible or, or power yeah. skills. Power skills, as I know. What did you guys do before you started that business? I was yeah. working at a SaaS 
software as a service tech company. I developed um, with my partner the change management and uh, training and development department. So we were kind of an add-on for customers who bought the platform um, and the technology to be able to help them adopt, you know, figure out a change management plan and communication plan. And I had HR in my background too. Um, I, I'm an IT guy, so I was uh, I, I did management consulting, IT work for a long time, and then I ran the the uh, IT organization for the Denver Center for the Performing Arts for a while. Um, worked in data and analytics, and I was at a sports and entertainment uh, data and analytics company uh, company for a while. Way back when, though, kind of drawing on that experience, we were professional actors in New oh, York City. Oh, there so, it is. So, yeah. Wow. We were, you know, the, the concept of standing up in front of people, of getting, you know, of entertaining and also educating was a natural fit for the two of us as we, as we began to begin to build this business because we, we spent so much time in front of people, right? That we perform professionally and improv. We also have done, you know, loads and loads of shows in theater and music theater. And it's all just a part of our, that's all part of our journey in our professional life as well as our personal life. How long we just got to a point where we wanted to eat more than ramen? Yeah, well, so there's that too. <laughs> I mean, I ramen, see that. ramen is great. Don't get me wrong, ramen is great. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So getting into improv, do you think a, a lot of your enjoyment out of that, Bruce, was to try to, you know, that you missed being on stage, let's uh, say, or, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, I think there's more to it for me. You know, I, I, I wish I'll tell you this, Adam. I wish I had discovered improv when I was in New York City. I. I kind of flirted with it. I never really did it and was never serious about it until we moved to the little town of Evergreen, Colorado, right? We, we brought this person in who had a second city background. She used to run um, kind of the high school um, outreach for Second City in Chicago. So she had, you know, lots and lots of experience. And, you know, as soon as we started doing it, I am a tremendous Look, I'm an IT guy, right? I'm a tremendously... Hold on. I con- think this is where you need to say nerd yeah, alert. Nerd alert, right? Nerd I'm, I'm a tremendously uh, controlling person, right? So I, I like to have control, and that's the way I performed theater, and that's the way I performed management consulting, and you know, all of those things. I just like control. Improv was the first thing that I had zero control over, right? I just, I had no idea what was going to happen next. And in order for me to be <laughs> successful, I had to rely on my teammates. I had to make sure that I was saying yes to stuff. And then we were all going to figure out the problem together. And that problem was just the scene that was given to us. It was magic. It's yeah. Magic. It is. Mm. It's remarkable when it's done well. It's horrible when it's done badly. It's remarkable when it's done well. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, um, I was at a conference last week. It was a housing conference. You know, it was a conference for affordable housing in Colorado. So, like, you had all of the housing authorities and developers and architects and all that there. And and it came up in a session about how, you know, how do we solve the affordable housing crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And, all different levels. and somebody literally said, got up and said, hey, I, I do improv sometimes. And I think that the skills you learn in improv are what we need to solve the affordable housing crisis. And so I challenge everybody to start every answer to what else comes up in this with yes and. Mm-hmm. I love it. And and we just it was just like the audience would just you know get up ask a question yes and what question or answer okay. you know and it was it was really fascinating because you can just see it get 
you know, get to another level like that. Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's, uh, it's very inspiring, actually, to see that. One of our yeah. number one and very early clients was Colorado Housing and Finance Authority. So oh, Chaffa. Yeah. We love Chaffa. And, and you've done a lot of work with them with the improv mindset. And, um, you know, a lot of times I think people, they have this belief that, well, we'll start with, they have this belief that improv is, just fun and fluffy and just team building. And what it really is, is teaching teams and, and leaders and people in business how to use the language of improv to connect better. And so yeah. to your point that yes and kind of concept, it, it's, it's not even really always about saying yes, because we certainly can't do that all of the time. It's really more about acknowledging and validating what someone said and then building on that. And in, in no matter what kind of business you're in, whether it's highly, highly regulated, like much of housing authority work is, you yeah. still have the ability to collaborate, to stay yeah. curious and open and to think, you know, to smash the box that we've all created around ourselves. So, yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. So how did you go? So you recognize the power. You're already doing some consulting. You had acting background and all that. You kind of put it all together and said, all right, I'm going to go do this business. How did, how did mm -hmm. you decide on your ideal client? Who was that going to, you know, how did you decide on who that was going to be? And how did you go about getting them? Sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll start. Um, so one, the ideal client was the client that was going to pay us first. 100%. <laughs> like who was going to write a check? That's, uh, that's totally what it is. Yeah. So, um, so I, in 2012, I was in the process of getting my MBA at the University of Denver and, uh, we had an entrepreneurship track and they kept asking, what do you love to do? Can you turn that into a business? What do you love to do? Can you turn that into a business? And, I had been to enough, and and my wife will support me I not supporting support this fluffy communications classes where it just it was great, it was good to learn something, and then you never really used it, or you just you, it didn't tie to what the business results were or the value. It really frustrated me, and and I knew that a lot of people felt that way about improv, and yet what I kept coming back to was I love to like I don't just a little bit love to do improv. I love to do improv. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there is something out there where they've they've done something with the brain and studied the brain and what happens with with improvisers and, and the brain. And so I in class, I literally He's totally admitting that. Uh, right I know now. I did. I in class I Googled neuroscience and improv. And what happened was this study came back and this this TED talk of a guy named Charles Lim, who your your any of your listeners should really look up. It's it's called Your Brain on Improv. It's by Charles Lim. Um, L I M B. And I, I watched it and he talks about, uh, when jazz, so what he did was he had an idea to put jazz improvisers in functional magnetic resonance imaging machines. Ooh, so, I know, I, know right? I got that out. That's impressive. So, so an fMRI and basically look at the brain about what happens when you're improvising versus what happens when you're playing a memorized piece of music. And, there's a portion of the brain that's related to your executive judge that gets shut down when you're improvising and all of this other stuff called the default mode network, it, you know, lights up like a whole host of things that happen that's really special when you improvise. And when you're doing memorized acts, all this other, you know, risk adverse, um, uh, controlling pieces, organization. yeah, organization come, come to life. And which is, which is important, just not when you're want good collaboration. <laughs> 
So I I watched that and I went, this 100, I have no proof. And 100% this happens in a comedic improviser's brain. So I just, I, I hung my shingle on that idea and I and I built the, the idea for the business. I actually came home that night and went, Gail, I've got this crazy idea. What if we started this business? And she went, hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think she was pretty excited. I was pretty excited. And, uh, <laughs> and we, uh, we started from there. And, and fast forward to um, up, you know, a few years ago, we actually had our brain studied with that researcher, Charles Lim, wow. to basically prove out that same thing. So do comedic improvisers do that same suppression of the executive judge and all those other things come to life? And, and they do. Um, and so that's what, it's really excited, exciting to be a part of that research and, and, uh, well, and, and, you know, here's to me, it's, it, you know, Bruce talks about it being fun to perform in a group like that. It absolutely is. It's more than that though. Uh, putting your brain and yourself into a situation that is uncertain and full of ambiguity and fear and terror and all of those things, all that chemical that you know those chemicals that are released in the brain and and hijack your amygdala and make you like either totally freeze run away or like be you know terrified um all of those chemicals are actually beneficial to us because each time we have that experience our brain recognizes it a little bit more and so in other words there's a way to build uncertainty tolerance by putting yourself in uncertainty and ambiguous situations and it doesn't mean that you're never going to be nervous that you're going to be able to step into any challenge or any problem without fear or worry it just means your brain says oh i've been here before and i know and i i I got this and so we claim and we've seen it happen that we we increase uh you know tolerance of ambiguity and that is a really powerful thing especially right now yeah do you think it tolerates? It, 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 you use the word tolerance. Does it help create just just tolerance in general, not just ambiguity? But I I would think like you know emotion control, like so you don't burst out sure. with anger or something like that, right? Well, yeah, I hundred percent believe that there are all of these. I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist. I play one on TV, and uh, I can tell you that uh, what we've seen in groups and teams that we've taught this shared language to is better collaboration, better listening, mm-hmm. more increased trust and cohesion, respect, all of these things that are just beautiful byproducts of being put in a situation where guess what? We all know our goal. We all know our role. We all know, um, you know, why we're here and we all speak the same language, just like a very, highly, highly trained sports team, um, business teams can be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And business teams don't practice. Right? They don't. You know, when, when I was a business consultant, you know, doing management consulting, it was, okay, we're going to break, we're going to bring a team in to solve this problem. And it's like, you're on the bench, you're on the bench, you're breathing, you're on the bench. Okay, go solve this problem. Rather than, and, and, and not having a, an ability to have a language that we already all understood to get together and start building something. Um, so the language of improv, starting with yes and, which Louis, you've brought up, is really the foundation for making that that Tuckman's curve of, of team formation, form, storm, norm, perform, that, mm-hmm. that whole curve. It, it shortens that time frame so that people can be performative faster. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the value that we think this 
this framework really brings. And with your business, are you working with um, just teams or do you have also just individuals if, if let's say somebody wants to just get involved with your organization and, and, and get coached or, or guided by you? Does that make sense to do that? Or is it more of just like, okay, well, here's five to 10 of us where we work together. We'd like to do the thing. It's typically teams. And we've had teams as small as four or five. Um, it, it, you know, individuals, it's uh, the work that we do and the skills that we teach could be absolutely beneficial and that's just not our business model we you know we're looking for companies who have you know sales uh teams customer success or key account management teams who who really want to become trusted advisors who want to know not only deepen their relationships with their colleagues the people they work with they want to take it to another level with the people that they're serving and get more into that you know, how, how do I serve the client as opposed to sell to them? Uh, and so that's, and teams of leaders as well, whether regardless of where they are on their path, whether they're, you know, emerging leaders or, you know, leaders that have been around for a while and just want to elevate their skills because some of this stuff is new, like emotional intelligence and empathy. And uh, there was a a lot of generations that are like, yeah, that's crap, that's fluff. And I think what we're seeing now is people are more inclined to want to, I guess, deepen and broaden that, those skills because they're seeing that's what the next generations are, are needing and wanting. Yeah, hmm. oh, that's cool. So does this look like a couple-day immersive thing or is it an ongoing check-in, all of it? Oh my God, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I do. Well, first of all, I, I feel like we're on a mission to kind of blow up the current training model. We, I think oh. it's, I think it's crappy that we send our people to half day, full day, three day, uh, week, know, long. week long learning. And then we're like, oh, okay, come on back and be performative and, right. you know, be amazing. Um, or we'll send them to a conference or a summit and people will come back and they'll be totally inspired by one thing. They remember about 25% of what they heard uh, by, you know, day three after they experienced that. And so our whole goal, I should say, we started with a lot of that when we started our business 10 years ago. Um, and what we were starting to see is people were not, it wasn't sticky enough because they were getting it and they were excited and they were inspired. And then they went back and did nothing with it. Mm -hmm. And so we've developed uh, a program now where they're like micro modules over time. They have accountability partners. They have work they do individually. They have work they do with their accountability partner and they have work they do as a team. And it's some of it's asynchronous, some of it's synchronous. It's, it's all about how how can people practice and change behavior over time. Mm-hmm. Adam, I've got a question for you. What do you, outside of doing this, do you play a sport or do you play an instrument or anything like that? Oh, man, I grew up playing sports. I occasionally play disc golf with my kids and I uh, just started surfing, actually. So, started because... surfing. Good. so yeah. how do you get better at surfing? How do you get better at surfing? Well, I mean, mostly just practice, but of course there's a little learning curve. It's good to learn proper technique and then 
just do it, right? And then you got to be on the water, right? The only way right. that you're really going to get better at it is on the water. And what we find is, especially when it comes to these power skills that Gail and I are talking about, people are like, listening, I've got ears. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to practice anything. I'm amazing at this. Or, or you know, being empathetic. I know you got to go to your kid's baseball, but be here early tomorrow because, they, you know, you got to get your job. Like, they think they've got it. And they they think they don't need to practice. And so the model that we're putting in is, okay, great. By doing these micro-targeted things daily or every other day, then you're spreading, stretching out a 16-hour class into four to eight weeks. And every day or every other day, you're doing something that's supporting that thing you were doing that you were trying to learn. Um, that's where we see the real impact for people is this, hey, wow. You, you, if you can do 10 minutes a day of this, you will have a be much better chance of being successful at actually changing your behavior than if you did it for five hours in a single day and then stopped doing it. Yeah. You know, while we got you guys on the Wayfinder show, I got to take it. I got to, we got to oh, take advantage yeah. of this. Right. All right. So just to challenge you, because we're not sure this really works, right? But what do you think you can do to like help with like team building for like, podcast holes <laughs> right am i sensing some friction we're not going to name names we are uh... <laughs> there's friction between two hosts that host something i'll say that we run it's ray minder oh, wait. Um, wait, 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 wait can you hold up one finger if you feel correct send me a private or, message or, <laughs> You know, I, I just, I, you know, not that I hate this motherfucker, but uh, the uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, you know, love to see can put, you know, put us to work. Let's look. I, I, I we'll do that. We'll, we'll give you a little something, something. Okay. Yeah. I, I will tell you that team building. I know some people think it's kind of mindless and shouldn't happen. And for us, you know, we don't always think of ourselves as team builders. Having, you know, getting a burger and a beer and bowling, whatever all of those things are, those are really important. Sure. It's it's really important for folks to find connection outside of work. Mm -hmm. And right. also, what are you doing in work to find connection? You know, so, um, so uh, I mean, I would put this back on you. What is um, when you... Mm. When you uh, decide... Okay, this is a bad example. <laughs> Sorry. What does your prep look like? I mean, what, what do you do uh, on a regular, semi-regular basis to stay connected with one another in terms of where you want to see the show go or what you want it to be? Yeah, this was the wrong, the wrong <laughs> soft skill to ask about then. How about empathy? Can we work on that one? <laughs> Let's do it. I've got something that the two of you can work on together okay, that the data that we've come across that we think is really, really important. And if you can take this, and this is not just you, if you can take this and your, your listeners can use this, they will significantly impact the relationships with the people around them. So we talk about yes and being the mechanic that you use in improv. And, and yes and is a purely uh, collaborative tool. If, mm -hmm. if Gail comes out and says, you know, if she, if she enters a scene in improv and says, uh, 
Listen, Jenny, I got a flat tire. I need you to come over here and fix it. Yeah, I can't say, you know, we're not driving a car. We're driving um, this little big wheel, right? That doesn't help this. It doesn't serve the scene because mm -hmm. I, I'm just trying to control the scene. I'm trying to take it away from it. So if she comes in and says, Hey, Jenny, come on. I got a flat tire. You got to come help me fix this. That's right. Well, let me go get my, my big giant jack out of the back of my car and I will lift this entire thing up. Um, then I have said yes to her idea, and I've begun collaborating on it. Now, the reason why I bring yes and on, and, and people often ask this question, I'm like, well, we can't say yes to anything, so how does that really apply to anything in business? Not anything, everything. Everything in business. Like, you can't, you, you can say yes to a lot of things that you're not currently. And the reason why I say that is, um, there is a, a, there are a number of studies out there. One of the, one that came out re relatively recently, was a study on the brain. Um, what happens when you hear the word no? So this this has nothing hmm. to, to hearing the word, you know, like saying yes to things. It's what is the other person experiencing when they hear the word no? Now, what happens is that person gets, uh, it actually is a, a, a quick shot of cortisol, um, bad, uh, bad, not good, not good. bad stress hormone in the brain. It goes right to their amygdala. They have that micro injection and then they've got the fight, flight or freeze component that just unconsciously lifts up there when they hear no. And it takes them a bunch of time to absorb that cortisol and get back to what they were doing. 77% longer, actually. Um, it takes them to get back to what they were doing efficiently than if somebody had heard a yes. So what mm. does that really, really mean? Well, there, there was another study done at the University of Michigan that basically looked at the words we say in conversations. And they recorded a bunch of conversations and then they basically tallied out the words that are used. In a half an hour conversation, you will commonly hear no and other qualifiers for no, but still, however, although, all of those different ways that we creatively say no, that's still a hell no. Um, like, I love you, but clean your room. Wait, do, do you really love me? You know, I, I love this report, but on page 14. Okay, wait, do you love the report then? You, you don't. Um, in a 25 or 30 minute conversation, you will hear the word, but no, still, however, upwards of 30 times, almost one a minute. You will hear on average that those words, which means if you're if you're getting that response every time you're hearing that, and then it takes you two, three, five, eight, ten seconds to recover to get back, you're losing up to forty five minutes a day of wasted time because you were hearing those words and being jarred. Which means on the opposite end, you, Louis, if you're saying those words to other people are causing their efficiency to go down by up to 45 minutes a day or three and a half hours a week. Wow. It, so just by changing your language to rather than yes, but rather than however, and still having more of a yes and moment, uh, you will change the way the brains are responding to you uh, very, very uh, impactfully. And actually, it's not even saying the word yes. It's what we talked about really acknowledgement and validation. So... You can say something like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And I'm not sure our budget can support that at this time. Mm. That is exactly the same as, you know, someone saying, uh, yeah, but our budget won't support that. <laughs> That's yeah. just, so sure. it doesn't cause that same chemical reaction. Or you can say, hey, Bruce, 
great report. And on page 25, you're missing a little bit of data versus, hey, Bruce, great report. But on page 25, you're missing some data. It's, yeah. it's tiniest, subtlest change um, in language. And it is so impactful. And it actually has neuroscience to back it up. And, and nobody thinks about the words, your, the words that you have, that you say. And how they impact. No, nobody thinks about how they impact the other person's brain. Yeah. We're always like, hey, I'm just saying the words. Yeah. And so this mindless no, which is what we've coined it, right? This concept of mindless no, uh, it, it's it's tremendously detrimental to the people around you. Wow. You know, we... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I throw a lot at you. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that no but great. it was good. It was great. Um, we actually practice this on our team uh, as and a negotiation exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did this uh, a few months ago where we were we we went through negotiating, you know, with a client on price or you know listing a house or whatever, and, and we did you know no but uh, you know no yes but yes and mm-hmm. and one person was the agent, the other person was the um, the client, right? And mm-hmm. doing it, and it was it was really amazing how naturally, yeah. um, especially like no. And yes, but kind of became a competitive thing. Like you're trying to compete against each other. I remember that dynamic. And so nobody hurt each other because you're trying to win. <laughs> and when it was yes and, it became a collaborative thing. And they actually were quickly able to reach an agreement. It was it was really fascinating how that happened. That's great. So it might be another one of those soft skills that you can work use is is improv for negotiations, right? To improve. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Tell, talk a little bit about that book, because I, I had some questions about it, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, very, it was, it's a huge uh, departure kind of from our first book in that it is uh, a little more gamified. It is, it's really, uh, if you've heard of, or if your listeners have heard of the Tao Te Ching or the I Ching, yeah. it is, um, the I Ching was a, a book from the ancient, uh, kind of, and it was leaders would consult it um, with, you know, this particular method of finding an answer. They would ask a question and they would seek an answer out. And so mm-hmm. we took that model and rewrote it completely for business. Um, we left, you know, everything is the same. So the same kind of um, the, the game that you would play to get the answer is the same. It's just what we've written is more business related and more modern today. So it's not a book that's meant to be read cover to cover. It's a book that you, you ask an open ended question for question like, uh, you know, uh, there's another company buying my business, acquiring my business. Um, how will that impact my team or mm-hmm. something like that? And then you flip these coins six times. You come up with the code. You go in once you, find that code um, and you have basically a rundown of where you are, what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of five things you can do to address it or deal with what's happening right now. And then there's usually like some little nugget of wisdom. There's a, you know, a something, quote. To, some quote at the end or, or a negative wisdom at the end to kind of help you 
move forward in, in what you're thinking. The, the thing I like about it is it's action oriented. Yeah. So when you go, I mean, you can even flip through the book and just pick a page. And read it. Right, right. Uh, however you want to get, you know, ask a question and get an answer. That's, that's really what it's designed to do. The goal of it, though, really is to give you five things that you can do right now in the moment to start changing either the behavior of the people around you, the things that are going on, or, or help support the people around you and the things that are going on. Mm. Okay. Yeah, would it be... Uh... Would it be fair to say it's almost like a uh, like a magic eight ball? Uh, yeah. for... you, you can call it that. Yeah, sure. we've had parents, we've, we've had, had people, people say that. Yeah. Have like, you? There's some, there's some kind of card game that's like, what spirit animal are you? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. I think uh, the difference really is it goes deeper than um, all signs point to yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it gives more than that and it digs into tactile things you can do not just an answer yeah and it's 64 different answers yeah right sure, 64 sure. different possibilities yeah. so depending on where you are in your life and what's going on it just can be it's you know we we had a, a friend of ours uh who similar to you louis uh, got on and and did it with us and the way he put it was Oh, you know what I love about this is it just helps me approach a problem from a different angle. Right. It's kind of a way that I never saw it before. I just, I kind of flipped it 90 degrees and now I've got some different things I can work on. And he was super type A. Yeah. So he's like, I feel like I can come at it sideways now, yes. which is very yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So it's, so it's fun. It's definitely really, really fun. And it's written in our style and language. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a leader's guide to fixing shit. So I will ruin it for everybody. You might see a curse word or two what? in there. Yeah. Uh, and it's family friendly. Our, our same yeah. kind of reverence and comedy. We write in the same way we talk. Yeah. So. Right, right. Yeah, so I remember when you guys practiced, I, I, I didn't get it, and I got the book, and I've I, a few times I tried it, and I found that, um, I think I took it too literal, like I was expecting the solutions to be there, the answers, oh, yeah. right? But yeah. it doesn't give you that at all. It's more like along the lines of what you were saying, Gail, it, it really helps you start to think about something differently, like take another angle yeah. at, uh, that you wouldn't normally think of as solving a problem. And that yeah, angle yes. might not even be the way to get there, but you started to get your mind to shift and change its way th that ultimately it, it just gets you to think different and look at yeah. that different, which, yeah. which gets you to an answer. I so, mean, you think great. about is, is change. Uh, the I Ching is actually subtitled The Book of Changes. It's all about, you know, getting your brain to think differently about something. And mm -hmm. that's that's what, you know, you know, Gail mentioned it was kind of a departure from our other book. I would argue it's also related to everything we do because it's about the brain and how we think, how we get to think differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And other concepts like emotional intelligence and empathy, because we've since become certified as practitioners in, in different areas. And so we, were, we thought we would add some of that to what mm -hmm. we were doing. Um, yeah, and we didn't get divorced when we did. we didn't kill each other uh, when we wrote. It, so. Well, it's always a good start. It's still yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Just got dark. All right, on the Wayfinder show. All right, so <laughs> real dark soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh Please help me. Please help me. <laughs> So that sounds like a really interesting book. Um, I'm definitely going to want to check it out. Uh, what 
what other books have you written? You you re- you've written three or four books, do I understand yeah, that correctly? Yeah, so we've written well, kind of two and a half, and then I wrote another. <laughs> so we um we wrote something called Brain Disruption, a leader. Uh, um, what was it? Brain yeah. Disruption, um, radical radical change. innovation in business through improv, and oh. we, that was our very first book. And what we realized was got to right before COVID was we had found so much. We wrote it in like 2017 or 2016. No, 2014. Oh, um, right. It was a while back. Yeah. And we realized that. There were a couple of things. There were things missing. Like we had come across so much more data and tools that we wanted to add to it, and we wanted to rebrand it. We just felt like we had we had been counseled by some people early on in our in our business. Don't say the word improv. You don't want to say the word improv because people are scared. And we took that advice mistakenly, in, in our opinion. Um, and like so experiential. Yeah, it's experiential, which it is. Yeah. Um, it just means you know you're doing some fun stuff. Yeah. So, so we went back, we rewrote it, um, we added about 50% uh, more content to it. So it became a significantly long, longer book. And then that became the improv mindset uh, with the tagline, change your brain, change your business. So that was our, our first, you know, kind of re-entry into the marketplace. Those were our first two. Yeah. And then change was our third. Yeah. And then Bruce has written a, a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wrote it. Yeah. I wrote a novel that I published in. 2018 republished in 2020 and did all the i did it as an audio book as well so i recorded all the audio and uh, put it out on audible and did all that stuff called terror in the desert it's a southwestern thriller yeah took place in new mexico right that's right took place that's right i think i've read all your books except the new improv mindset the new huh? version of brain disruption you'll notice some similarities there's definitely I'll have stuff to get it. yeah, yeah. i'll just give you yeah we'll yeah. yeah. <laughs> when did that rewrite come out? Uh, 2020. And 2020. then the okay. book of, so we actually recorded um, oh, in a space yeah. that's behind this brick wall yeah. uh, in a closet, uh-huh. uh, the audio book, like even closer. Yeah. To, do you know there was, do you know there like was right shower here? stalls that you can barely like lift your arm to get the soap in yeah. if you're yeah. in there on your That's kind of how our sound studio was. Yeah. So we did an audio book of, of the improv mindset and it is translated in Espanol. That's right. Oh, wow, good journey. It is called La Mentalidad Impro. Yeah, that's right. Not uh, the audio book, but the... No. Muy bien. Yeah. Book. Yes. The yeah. French. Yeah. Muy bien. That's right. ¿Cómo se dice improv en español? Impro. 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 Okay. Uh, mentalidad Impro. <laughs> mentalidad Impro. Muy bien. I have bien. to use that voice. That's right. It's like cool Ooh. Spanish voice. Impro. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say this I, I you know uh I got to give you I remember reading Brain Disruption the original one and mm-hmm. it is one of those uh, Adam and I every uh, uh, hardcore readers and every once in a while we will have a show where we just talk about books we've read and this is one of those like that was a paradigm shifter for me Adam. Oh. Wow. Um, oh. Yeah, it was it was that good the the more I, I recall like, oh. a, and I think anybody who is any kind of a leader or works in within a company should really be reading it. It's a quick oh. read. It it was short. Well, you added fifty percent more to it, so now I'm gonna like. I know we're gonna kill probably you. skip it. You know, I but uh, I'll I'll listen to the audio version <laughs> now. But the <laughs> but just yeah, speed no, it up, it, Luke. It really but is. you know, just get it the really audio book good. and put it on one and a half, and then it'll that's yeah. it. That's <laughs> it. Well, you just want to put me on one and a half. No, that's a lot of <laughs> Yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> and one and a half in Espanol. Oh, that's going to be awesome. 
That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're we're about at that point. All right. Uh, well, we're going to go into our uh, world famous Wayfinder Four. Ooh. You ready? You guys ready for this? <laughs> All right. I need to stretch. Yeah. Do a little downward facing dog. Okay. So now, Louis, do you want to do this where they each give a different answer? Yeah, I think we should get one from each one of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, ladies first, Bruce. No. Well done. That was well set up. Well done, my friend. I'm proud of you for that. In fact, you. Your listeners can't. I looked right up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> They're gonna have to really hear the. This may be our first video uh, podcast we hear, just for that, <laughs> just for that. So, um, uh, no, really, either one of you, um, uh, can you give us a uh, hack? Is that our first one? Hack. Yeah, oh, yes, Louis, that is our first. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> famous. What are they again? Yeah, <laughs> a hack. And that's like basically something you use to, you know, just kind of cheat life with. It could be an app, uh, a routine. Uh, yeah, you know. okay. I'll give you mine. Um, I've been really enjoying it. I think a lot of people know about it. It's a gratitude app. Um, I start every morning. I get a little nudge. And it's usually like a quote and then um, some other motivational thing. It's like a series of things. You can send it to other people once you see it, if you're inspired by it. Mm -hmm. And I just I love, love starting the day with gratitude it, it makes a huge difference in how i greet the day so that's fine how about you uh so we are currently exploring doing uh a video podcast and uh the tool that i have found of choice is called riverside fm which does mm -hmm. a tremendous job you know automatically creating stuff having having done dashboard improv louie you may remember dashboard improv where it was just us in a car and us yeah. being like um, I had to create all those subtitles by myself. Like it was just a lot of labor of love. And the immediate impact I'm seeing is how much time I'm going to save by using Riverside FM. Yeah. Sure. Excellent. It's it's one we've been thinking about for the pod. If we go video, it might be something for us to consider as well. Yeah. Yep. So, everybody's got to look at Louie, though. I just don't know if that's a good idea. No, uh, we can blur it out. Yeah. With video, man, you can make me good looking. Oh, that's yeah. true. We could do you know, that. AI does amazing shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? uh, Gail, the the app you mentioned, that, that's an actual app or you just start your day with gratitude? Gratitude app. It's called that's what it's called. Gratitude. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free. Oh, even it's better. Love it. All right. Now, what is a favorite? And this could be a band, a book, a movie, anything that you just love. You go. Yeah, so um, we are passionate about rewatching re because the new season just came out. Um, the the Wrexham. Oh my god! Uh, it it's just um, the whole story of Rob Reynolds, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Rob McElhenney buying a soccer team or football team in in Wrexham, Wales. It's it's phenomenal storytelling. It's really touching, um, mm -hmm. and it's fascinating to see what they've done. With so I, How do you spell it? Wrexham. Uh, so, um, well, W R E X H A M. Yeah, welcome to Wrexham. W R E M. And what's crazy is you said that, and I was going to say, oh, <laughs> and, 
we relate, no, we relate to the game, Ted Lasso, period, end of story. Mm -hmm. It's just brilliant. And what's crazy is it's very similar only from a fictional perspective about um, what's going on with Wrexham. And and I think what I love so much about it is, uh, especially season three, there it's like they listened in on our life and Mm -hmm. the things that we say in our trainings and things like that. And um, from an improv like there's just so many improv lessons. yeah and quite frankly it it will restore your faith in humanity i just feel like we need a little of that because everyone's just super ragey since COVID. Yeah. we need we need some happiness so mm-hmm. everyone already knows about it and for those of you that don't go so figure it out and spend the 6.99 right yeah. and then get rid of yeah. you know if you then don't let like it, it you can let it go okay i haven't seen it can you get it and just record it on your phone with me and you know, um, I can't yeah. say that out loud <laughs> on your show. They need to be paid. We'll put your login info in the show notes for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. So uh, what is some advice that you would give your younger self? Hmm. Oh, that is such a great question. We actually just had this conversation. We did. Um, I, I can tell you the one, first one that comes to mind for me is to not take things so seriously. So I commented earlier that I'm a serious person. I want to have control. It's, it's just kind of the way I'm wired. And uh, I've learned so much more in the 17 years that we've done in improv and with improv about life that I think that not taking it seriously, laughing a whole bunch more um, is, is something I'd like to tell myself. Mm, I love it. Um, I would say, and it's, pretty much my favorite phrase right now. I just wish I would have heard it a lot earlier, which is um, stay less certain and more curious. Stay Mm -hmm. less certain and stay more curious because I think uh, my personality was always one to have a tendency of saying, I I already know that as opposed to, I know staying curious and what's possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. I do. Like All right. Now, what's one thing that prevents people from being happy? Um, honestly, not paying attention to themselves. So I would say um, paying more attention to what other people think than practicing really good self-care. Hmm. So I would say that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, barring any, you know, underlying uh, brain challenges that, that people may have, uh, I think one of the, the things that we've tried to stress, even with our son and daughter, is oftentimes happiness is the mindset. You know, if you if you dread going to do something, then that will likely not turn out well. If you can flip it to say, hey, I'm going to try to learn something from this on those things that you dread, you are more likely to get enjoyment out of it. And so that's, you know, I think, I think for me, it's the, how can I turn this into a happy, positive and not happy frivolously and not happy inauthentically, just, just changing the way I think about things to, to have that outcome more likely to happen. If that makes sense. Yeah, what you think mm-hmm. about yeah. That was great. Who would have thought that two people here that are here just to be funny could have so much deep shit to say. Oh my <laughs> like, god! This is so good. Yeah. Why we roll? We why we roll? Yeah. So, what do we, if people want to know a little bit more about you? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we really do got to air the video on this one because this is hilarious. But, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that millions and millions of the Wayfinder, you know, listeners out there are going to yeah. want to know more about you. So can you let them know how to go about doing so? Sure. Yes. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, experienceyes.com. Um, Reach out to us on LinkedIn. Yep. Gail Montgomery, Bruce Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Okay. And if people just want to, you know, kind of research on their own more about improv and, and how it affects the brain, um, is that the book that you re-released? Would that be a good place to start, do you think? Yeah, the improv mindset oh. has, I mean, I think we referenced... 50 or 60 different academic studies um, wow. as a part of it in the back of the book. So it's, not, real... yeah. it's, not, it's not like there's dissertations in there. It's nice yeah. and um, uh, munged so that you can read it easily. And, and yeah. if you're hearing your info about it, yeah. all of those references are back there that you can go oh. find and check out. As well as what Bruce mentioned earlier, go watch the video, the Charles Lim video um, on your brain and improv. Um, it's a, There's a TED Talk Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a really cool video that he does with uh, Ben Folds, where it's at the Kennedy Center, and Ben Folds does like this creates a whole symphonic song, completely improvised based on in, in ten minutes with yeah. the orchestra behind it. It was incredible. It's it's really cool. So it's such nice nice ways of seeing what's possible. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. You know, and an improv class. Mm-hmm. Go take an improv class. I'm going to take an improv class for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've been saying this for a long time though, so now it's it's out there in the <laughs> podcast world. Um, you know, so a lot of the listeners don't know, uh, but you know, Bruce and I actually went. We were in that business school class together over ten years ago. Uh, I think we were working on like a different business idea together, and you came up with this one and went off on your own. I went off on my own, and you know, and and I remember just thinking when you came up with this. This, first of all, I remember that glimmer in your eye when you got it. And it was just, I didn't totally get it, you know, uh, but you had it and it was a glimmer. I'm like, you got to run with it. Mm-hmm. And 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 then as as you came and you experimented with us in class and all that, with the, and it was wonderful. It just started to make a whole lot of sense. And it is really, really rewarding as your classmate and friend to see oh. 10 years later where you are and how oh. far you've taken this. You know, and uh, and I know you you guys go out and do keynotes and you speak in front of large audiences and companies all over. Uh, and it, it's really, really uh, humbling and an honor to have you guys here and, and to see how much how much you've grown in, in your success. So thank you so oh, much for being here. Feeling yeah. Yeah. Always good to see you. Thank you. Just so glad that we that we're honored to be a part of the Wayfinder Show. Yeah. Really a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, oh, you should be. We hope you've enjoyed The Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.